0: Hello and welcome to the first episode in the 2023 GHYC Infectious Diseases podcast series. I am Tanya. And I am Sarah. This is the beginning of a series of podcasts from the GHYC Infectious Unit team intending to talk about infectious diseases, misinformation, and other interesting aspects related to them.
1: So let's get started. Tanya, could you help us define infectious diseases?
0: In simpler terms, infectious diseases are illnesses caused by the spread of microorganisms, bacteria, viruses, fungi, or parasites. They could be spread by humans, animals, the environment, such as food and water.
1: Yeah, so there's so many tiny carriers of disease, which means there are so many ways for it to spread.
0: True. So, Sarah, why don't you give the audience a rundown of the infectious diseases most prevalent today?
1: Of course. So just a quick rundown, but currently infectious illnesses with huge global burdens of disease include COVID-19, tuberculosis, malaria, HIV, AIDS, and influenza.
0: And what do you think are the world's deadliest infectious diseases?
1: Um, with the amount of COVID cases we have, I'd think COVID, but it may also be influenza.
0: Close, but not quite. Tuberculosis, malaria and HIV-AIDS are considered as the world's deadliest infections, branding them as the big three infections of all modernity. Tuberculosis has been around for a long time and tends to affect the lungs. Just to quote some statistics, unfortunately around 2020 TB is estimated to have caused about 1.5 million deaths worldwide.
1: Yeah, that's a really, really high figure, and I guess it highlights that although the spotlight now has been on COVID-19, these infections still to this day have huge impacts on societies all around the world.
0: Indeed it is. What about the other two in the triad, malaria and HIV-AIDS? Um,
1: well, let's begin with malaria. It's a parasitic disease that is often transmitted through the bite of the female mosquito. And I've heard that children under the age of five in Africa account for around 80% of malaria deaths.
0: That's quite saddening to hear, especially in such a young population.
1: Yeah, and it also seems like malaria also carries a disproportionate burden of disease on Africa.
0: Disparities in the spread of diseases around the world is due to many factors and it would be interesting to explore the reasons for that a bit further down the track.
1: Um, But getting back on track here, let's talk about HIV-AIDS. It's the last member of this deadly triad.
0: Now we know that HIV is a virus that attacks the body's immune system. And if not properly treated, it can lead to acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, which is AIDS.
1: Um, you know, I've actually heard stories of the widespread misinformation on AIDS um, during the 80s. I've heard stories from teachers where people believe that AIDS spread through touch alone, um, where those who we diagnosed were heavily ostracized, as it pretty much meant a death sentence. And eventually, how Princess Diana came along shaking hands with an A patient helping to dispel such misconceptions.
0: It really shows how much an act of kindness can have. A weak immune system attracts common cold or other simple diseases, which can become deadly.
1: But good news, there are effective prevention and treatment strategies available now that have made HIV a much less deadly disease and enable those with HIV to live normal lives. While there is no cure, there is treatment still, and so far, it's working very well.
0: Yes, life is all about looking at the positives.
1: Definitely. So Tanya, what do you think about influenza?
0: Seasonal influenza, or the flu as we like to call it, is a highly contagious respiratory tract illness and I think it is a naughty virus as it mutates rapidly.
1: Ah, so to be effectively immune to it, you have to receive a new flu shot at the start of every year.
0: Is that why we keep on seeing Get Your Flu Shot posters as well as health authorities promoting a new flu vaccine every year?
1: Yes, and that is also why influenza has been so hard to treat from a global health perspective. Interestingly, however, its prevalence appears to have a downward trend this year. Good news, I reckon, shows that our efforts to keep up with immunisation are working. That's great news. I also wish there was a downward trend for enteric illnesses. For me, they are the most uncomfortable.
0: Definitely. Let's uncomplicate it for our listeners. Enteric illnesses essentially result in intestinal illnesses, therefore can be caused by a range of microorganisms and most often a result from consuming contaminated food or water, for example, typhoid fever.
1: In fact, a lot of the audience members may have heard of or personally suffered from gastro and consuming questionable consuming foods here or whilst travelling.
0: Stomach problems are the worst. Now, shall we finally move on to COVID-19?
1: Yeah, sure. So as we look at the more at the more positive side, COVID has subsided a lot and life is finally returning back to normal. But again, we must not forget that COVID-19 has affected certain communities disproportionately, both economically and socially.
0: I'm going to put out a guess here and say that low and middle income countries bear the vast majority of the infectious disease burden compared to developed countries. Correct.
1: And why do you think so, Tanya, that these countries are so disproportionately affected?
0: Well, off the top of my head, perhaps some factors that have contributed to this disparity may be due to differences in the literacy barriers to accessing health services and increased risk of exposure to infectious agents while living and working conditions.
1: Absolutely.
0: It sounds like the prevalence of certain infectious diseases really varies depending on where you are in the world.
1: Definitely, there are multiple interplaying factors that should be considered on a global level.
0: So Sarah, what do you think is a factor that represents the spread of infectious diseases? I'd
1: say one of the major ones is the power of misinformation, which is also the key takeaway we have for today's podcast.
0: Spreading incorrect interpretations of health information, which specifically increases during outbreaks and disasters due to the many outlets of social media like Instagram, WhatsApp, often negatively impacts people's mental health, leading to unwanted consequences.
1: The thing is, it's fine if people know how to sift through, but for those who don't, you can imagine the amount of panic and paranoia it can create.
0: I, I get what you're saying. Brings me back to the time when Covid was new and there were all sorts of theories about how it spreads, how fatal it could be, etc, etc, which resulted in vaccine hesitancy amongst some groups.
1: I remember that word had spread of how vaccines are of a form of bioweapon by the government and that there were rumours that vaccines were opportunities for influential figures to place microchips for global surveillance, which is quite an interesting take. I have even heard theories that vaccines could cause hair fall and even autism. Can you believe that?
0: I mean, as a person from a science background, we often overlook these rumours. But we must acknowledge that these rumours have real-life consequences. Media's portrayals
1: don't help either. Sometimes what the media illustrates with regards to infectious diseases can be very negative.
0: Speaking of the problem of misinformation, let's break it down into certain groups or communities where it is the most difficult to tackle.
1: I think it is more common in communities of social economic disadvantage. For example, indigenous and migrant populations, including immigrants and refugees.
0: Now with that, it means that there are many social factors at play. More complex social issues also include the deep-rooted mistrust of government authorities.
1: So that means that? Whilst it is easy to be critical and judge those who possess false information, such as those who take an anti-vax stance as simply stupid, um, we should take a step back and consider why misinformation disproportionately affects those.
0: That's a good point, actually. There can be reasons outside of their control.
1: In Indigenous Australian communities, some of these issues stem from Australians. Australia's history of colonisation that have resulted in mistrust in the government and the health services. Examples can be traced back all the way to racist health policies during the stolen generation that incarcerated Indigenous Australians.
0: It doesn't help when this population is often denied access to education, land, property and other economic resources, right?
1: Systemic racism also continues to this day with past and present experiences of racism and mistreatment in mainstream services further exacerbating negative sentiments.
0: True. If we were to chat about migrants and refugees, the situation is pretty similar.
1: I Read a blog by a UN frontline worker who wrote about her encounter with misinformation about the coronavirus vaccine among Syrian refugee women. Um, there were rumors in the entire camp that suggested that the vaccine could change a person's skin color or negatively impact the DNA of children born to vaccinated mothers. All these assumptions prevented the woman from getting the dose.
0: That's very sad to hear. And I think there must be people out there who resonate with similar incidents. Likewise, migrant communities may have cultural and language barriers that reduce their ability to distinguish between reputable resources.
1: Talking about cultural barriers, um, another huge source of misinformation often stems from unofficial translation of health materials.
0: Agreed. When we dig deep, Lower literacy levels, distrust, and inadequate communication are the roots of this problem. A country should
1: use displaced and migrant families' preferred channels of information and sources they trust, such as peer migrant or refugee networks, to get these health messages
0: across. That's a brilliant idea to tackle the cultural barriers. To help these people open up and talk about their beliefs and the stigma attached to infectious diseases is like the first step towards preparing an action plan.
1: Now we know the causes, I wonder about more ways to overcome the linguistic barriers on a national level.
0: Translating and audio-visualising communication and other verified information into languages and formats that are commonly spoken and easily understood can go a long way in maintaining a two-way transparent channel between the authorities and people
1: good thoughts here is where social media can be used as a good interface to spread correct information about infectious diseases
0: and princess diana is a good example of how small actions and significant figures can bring about positive changes worldwide Are there any strategies for tackling misinformation on media platforms that we can incorporate on a daily basis?
1: Hmm, That's a really nice question. Of course, there are many ways to increase our own digital literacy. Um, To start off, it would be great if we become more aware of the reliability of the information we are consuming, including who is made by, where it was sourced and when it was published and making sure we do not circulate it if we are not exactly sure about its credibility.
0: True, I would request our listeners to be very responsible when forwarding any messages related to public health. At the rate we are going, misinformation can be classified as an infectious condition in and of itself. I know,
1: and the fact that there are specific terms like infodemic and misinfodemic on the WHO's website to describe the scale of misinformation which spreads during COVID-19 highlights how awful it has gotten.
0: Really, misinformation is a very big public health challenge which we cannot explore together in one episode. But we will be bringing out new aspects of infectious diseases that we wish to talk about further down the track. Yes, I think
1: that's enough from us today. But we will be back soon. Till then, feel free to tell us about your stories about misinformation related to infectious diseases in your country or hometown. You can DM us on our social media page and we will try to talk about them in our upcoming episodes.
0: We hope you enjoyed our chat. Stay tuned for our next podcast. Goodbye, Alvida, sayonara, everyone. GHYC Infectious Unit signs out.